from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts there's a lot happening these days But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Tossed Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Sienna Jekyll. And I am Liana Holston. And welcome to Tossed Popcorn, the podcast where two idiots watch every film on the AFI's 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time, the very slightly less racist 10th anniversary edition. This podcast is a safe space. (laughs) For people who don't know anything about movies, hi. Today, we are watching One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Get out of my way, son. You're using my oxygen. You know what I mean? Number 33 on the AFI list. Warning, there will be spoilers about this institutional (laughs) film. Content warning for... Oh my God, a content warning. Offensive language. Oh my goodness. They say offensive things in the movie that we might reference. Offensive depictions of mental disorders. Uh statutory rape mm-hmm. uh suicide racism against indigenous peoples mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie sucked 
No. We might? No. I mean, well, this is a bad point for me to say whether or not I, I felt sucky because we're talking about all the really offensive parts and that was sucky. My view on this movie was a bit more nuanced. Are you really shocked? Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm actually very excited to talk about it. <laughs> okay, well, before that, um, Sienna, I would love to hear what you thought One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest would be about. Okay. Hi, Liana. Sienna here. I am preparing to watch preparing. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. <gasps> I've actually seen oh. part of this movie one time. Uh, I was, like, baking something and decided to put something on. What? And this was supposed to be... Well, like a movie I was supposed to watch. This was long <gasps> before I uh. decided and realized that I didn't need to care. Yum. But I put it on and, uh, I mean, I don't remember it and ended up turning it off. So that tells me something. Um, <laughs> Impactful. I predict that Jack Nicholson is in it <laughs> and that Jack Nicholson is the protagonist. <laughs> Let's let's see it. Yeah. Bye. Cuckoo. Oh, cuckoo. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That was a Jimmy Stewart bird call. <laughs> well, Sienna, here is what I thought One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest would be about. <clears throat> There's a sad sort of clanging from the clock in the hall and the that. bells in the steeple, too. <clears throat> and up in the nursery, an absurd <laughs> little bird is popping out to say cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> Good morning. It's Liana. I'm about to watch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. No. I don't know anything about this movie. I think my brain is telling me it is a Jack Nicholson war film. But my heart is telling me it's about a cute little singing bird, baby. Love you. Bye. That was wonderful. (laughs) I usually have to cut out your singing, but I feel like putting it in the prediction... Just to be perfectly candid with wow. the listeners. No, not because it's not beautiful, but uh-huh. because there's no time. <laughs> I just want to say I was 100% sure this was a war movie. Yeah, where did you get that? Because you got the In my mind, I, I feel like Jack Nicholson has played a general in the Second World War in some film. Uh-huh. And Cuckoo's Nest really had me thinking, Yeah, like, the nest, the base camp, yeah. the home base, the boys, yeah. the military. USA, right. World War II. Totally. I was certain. That makes sense. I'm going to give the summary that I wrote. Okay. And uh, mm-hmm. here we go. Okay. <laughs> A summary of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> cool. Like you swallowed in the middle. <laughs> Jack Nicholson, or McMurphy, <laughs> fakes his way to the psychiatric ward to spend his prison sentence somewhere cushier than the brig. But he quickly learns mental institutions aren't that much less abusive to their residents. He makes friends, aka a motley crew of fellow patients, enemies, Nurse Ratched, and he dies. (laughs) (laughs) The end. The life cycle. You make friends, you make enemies, and then you die. That's it, baby. Did I? Did that sound right, babe? I don't know. I, I I'm. You know the. This is a movie where I'm actually. I'm not sure. 
<laughs> Everything I, I say here today, I'm not sure if that's right. <laughs> Let us put a caveat at the beginning of the episode. We are not sure if anything that we say is correct. <laughs> not sure. We said that now. There you go. That applies to everything we say. Enjoy the episode. <laughs> okay, Liana, you have now Googled historical context. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things I'm not sure are correct. <laughs> <laughs> Hello! Welcome. Welcome to the historical context for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, the 1975 film, and the 1962 novel. Oh. Written by Ken... Oh, my dad just said his last name on a call today, and I can't remember how he pronounced it. Kazay? Kazy? He was a creative writing major at Stanford University. No. What year? (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Like 1960? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) He volunteered in LSD studies at the Menlo Park Veterans Hospital as an undergrad. And during his time there, apparently he also worked the night shift. So he observed the hospital occurrences. And he said, are the patients actually crazy or just eccentric like me? (laughs) How is this about me? The book, the differences between the book and the film in the book. It's very much about the establishment versus the counterculture, which deals with like the culture wars of, I guess, the 60s and the 70s. Um, in the book, it's actually narrated by Chief Bromden, oh. the supposed assumed to be deaf and mute character in the mm-hmm. film. Um, and in the book, the men are, quote, victims of a matriarchy. <laughs> I cannot wait to talk about that. I am. Mm hmm. Leslie Horst in 1977 described Nurse Ratched as an expression of, quote, the fundamental male terror of women who have power. Oh, my good God. Yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's all that's to be said about that. The film apparently is set in 1963. News to me because they didn't tell me when we were when the movie started. And it was filmed at the Oregon State Hospital, which is an actual... Oh, my God. Oh, no. You're from Washington. Yeah. I could Um, tell, though, based on the boats, that it was the Pacific Northwest. Ah, I thought it was the East Coast. Michael Douglas was a producer on the film because his dad, Kirk Douglas, played McMurphy in the Broadway production of the book before it got turned into a film. And he wanted the rights for it, which he then eventually sold to his son because there were delays in getting it turned into a Mm. movie. Anyway, all that to say, Michael Douglas said of the multitude of actresses who turned down the role of Nurse Ratched, quote, women in terms of the women's movement and what was happening at that time were uncomfortable being the villains. And I said, "Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Have we perhaps considered that this character sucked? (laughs) Um... It was a bad portrayal of women. Okay, we're going to have to talk about the Oregon State Hospital. Oh, wow. A certainly haunted building. <gasps> Absolutely. The original facility was built in 1862 as the Oregon Hospital for the Insane. Oh, I shouldn't put that inflection on it. <laughs> The original facility was built in 1862 as the Oregon Hospital for the Insane. Then in 1883, a new facility called the Oregon State Insane Asylum opened because there was a state mandate that all of the hospitals be built in Salem, Oregon. Mm. So they were like, oh, okay, we got to put it over there. In 1896, the most commonly reported causes for insanity in this hospital were epilepsy, alcoholism, masturbation, and religious paranoia. (laughs) Wow. That is historical context. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are tunnels underneath the hospital from a once operative narrow gauge railroad. Does that type of railroad sound familiar to you? 
No. We, <laughs> what? <laughs> Beautiful. We have discussed this type of railroad before on our episode on The General. Was this also when Oregon... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's why I thought maybe. Because <laughs> there was a Pacific Northwest link. <laughs> In 1913... It was officially renamed the Oregon State Hospital. In 1942, a mass poisoning happened when the kitchen mixed up powdered milk with sodium fluoride, which is a poison used to kill cockroaches. No. And 47 people died. Oh, my gosh. In 1975, one flew over the cuckoo's nest films in this hospital. In 1981 and 1983, respectively, the hospital abolishes its practice of lobotomy and dismantles its eugenics program. Sorry, what year? 1981 and 1983. Yeah. And now, a brief, brief history of psychiatric hospitals in America. In the early 19th century... This concept came over from Europe about the asylum and, quote, moral treatment, which was like, OK, we can we can give people an asylum, a place of uh. peace, of restfulness where they are treated with kindness and it's in the country and it's oh. a bit, it's removed. That sounds amazing. Doesn't it? Um, by the, the 1890s, a lot of these institutions had been defunded. They were overcrowded. They were because all of their funding was state based, not federal funding. And most of the patients there were long-term patients. So it wasn't meant necessarily to be a place where you like go recover and then come back. Mm. You kind of go and stay. Then the depression happened, the war. And by the (laughs) 1950s, more than half a million patients were confined to state psychiatric institutions, often for life, just in America alone. Please, this is a brief history, as I've said. Mental health care in the 1960s in America. Spoiler alert, it was bad, baby. <laughs> the That time period was very, like, anti-authority, and then it became very anti-psychiatrists because oh, there was, you know, they were sort of seen as oppressors. And honestly, it was, like, fair enough for the girls and the gays because the psychiatrists were diagnosing women with stuff, like, way more frequently. Yeah. The, the rate of lobotomies and ECT usage on women was way higher than on men. Wow. And homosexuality was still classified in the DSM as, like, a mental illness. Oh, right. In this time period. Lobotomies. <laughs> <laughs> Good inflection on that one. That was appropriate, I think. I can't believe we have to talk about this stuff. Uh, they are a procedure in which... Se- uh, in which connections are severed in the prefrontal cortex. They were first performed in the 1930s and were seen as a miracle cure to reduce symptoms of mental disorders. But in reality, they uh, more frequently lead to a reduction of responsiveness, of self-awareness, and of self-control. Essentially, they reduce a person's functions and uh, one of the articles, quote, says, emotionally blunt a person. Mm. Electroconvulsive therapy, or ECT, was first conducted in 1938, and what it does is it causes a medically induced seizure, also used to treat mental illness. First conducted in 1938, ECT didn't start getting regulated until 1967. Again, after this film takes Whoa. place and after the book was written and published. That's crazy. Um, the WHO now advises informed consent for any patients who are going to be receiving ECT, which obviously we see they do not do in the film. Mm-hmm. But 
it's not always required. In certain cases, it is allowed to perform ECT on a patient who has not consented to it. Wow. (sighs) Finally, the book and the film did end up swaying public opinion against psychiatric institutions. Um, They were part of the deinstitutionalization movement. And in the year 1963, the Community Mental Health Act was passed and it allocated more federal funds to the construction and management of community health care centers. So, again, these like psychiatric institutions were all state funded beforehand. This allocated federal funding, which was a more supported, consistent thing mm. and was focusing on community health care rather than like sending people away uh, to an asylum. Right. They could be cared for in their own communities, which was meant to be a more like adaptive, helpful treatment style. But then, you know, Vietnam happened. Yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> There's been a couple times where... He sort of lost the funding and then, you know, Reagan and then just kind of America generally. <laughs> well, the good thing is, is after Vietnam, America's mental health skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone was better. Everybody got so much better. Everyone was way more chill. The, those, are, those are the facts that I have been able to compile. Again, it is such a huge topic. There is so, so much more to this story. What I will say up top before I shit on this movie is I can appreciate the way in which it showed a light on poor treatment of a population and affected change Mm -hmm. in a positive way for mental health treatment in America. Well, I just in general, I thought that historical context was very good, very helpful. Oh, thank you. For contextualizing. It is an interesting movie. It is interesting. (laughs) It it, it is interesting. You know what it is? is, This film is interesting. (laughs) Well, time to move on to phone notes. (laughs) Liana, why don't we talk about the notes we took during this movie? Oh, let's do it. I cannot believe. I am just so, this is, I think, the first time that one of us has, like, very much hated a film up top and the other has not, which is, I mean, it is interesting. Yeah. Uh, Because, Sienna, I literally texted multiple people after this movie, and I was like, have you seen this? (laughs) It sucked. (laughs) I texted our producer, and I was like, I can't tell Sienna this yet, but this movie sucked. You texted our producer behind my back. I know, I know, and I'm sorry. That's, no, I but get I it. had to tell someone on the team. That tells me the gravity of that this. Is how much I hated this movie. You had to get as close as possible to telling me. <laughs> yeah. This was 36 hours ago. What other choice did I have? Okay. What? Break it down. Why did you hate it? Okay. Men yelling for two hours. <laughs> I have to hear men yell every day. I don't need that more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Racism. Mm-hmm. The minute he meets the chief and he does like a racist. Yeah. Statutory rape. <laughs> oh my God. And then he's the protagonist. And he says. He says the worst we sentences. Don't, don't. I will not yeah. regurgitate them. They made me sick. They made me sick. Absolutely sick. Yeah. And that is revealed seven minutes into the film. Mm-hmm. And then we're supposed to be rooting for this guy for the rest of it. And here is why this film is doing several things at once it's doing a lot it's doing a lot because the language he uses is so awful Mm -hmm. and then but like they're like oh he's doing it for a reason Mm. which by the way that i I hated that too yeah i hated the beginning a lot yeah um and that's why i'm not like over the moon about this movie but Mm -hmm. um okay also chief Mm-hmm. They introduce him by saying, like, yeah, he he comes up and is just very offensive at him. Yes. Or, so for the listener, yeah. Chief is a very tall mm-hmm. character. He's a deaf and mute, very tall native man. Mm-hmm. His name is Chief. 
They call him Chief. I, I cannot oh. imagine that is his name. Yeah, they call him Chief. Which is like a, a right off the bat. I was like, See, whoa. Exactly. So, so, and obviously he is. He's like singled out. Yes. He's very, he's singled out because of that. And it's just, it's, there's uncomfiness around there for sure. Yeah. But then he's also like a good character and he's a huge character. He's like probably the most, as that we've seen so far, like the best role for a native man played by a native man, mm-hmm. you know, which like, keep in mind, the other roles were in the searchers. Yeah. And one of the most racist movies on this list. <laughs> and in this movie, like the point is he doesn't talk. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And being people, characters in the film are still racist at him. Like, he, right. oh God, the last thing I'll say of, of the reasons that I hated it. Nurse Ratched, the one woman who's not objectified, yep. is the evil villain, which I actually did not get until I read about the movie. Because during it, I was like, she is just trying to do her job. Guys, <laughs> the fact that Nurse Ratched has gone down in history, Ugh. like they made a miniseries about it. I've heard tons of people say this before. Often grown men mm. <laughs> saying Nurse Ratched, like as the most evil character. Yeah. She's not that bad. No. She's kind of like a, a, an upset teacher. Yeah. Who's rightfully upset. Yeah. Because Jack Nicholson keeps defying her. A lot of the rules do make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, the electroshock therapy, the, the forced treatments mm-hmm. that are incorrect mm-hmm. are wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know who else misdiagnosed and mistreated most humans throughout history forever? Like, there is a lot of issues in the medical community. This is where I... It's a ton of white male doctors. In the book, apparently, she is more intentionally evil, I was reading. That makes sense. But in this movie... (laughs) She does not come off that way. The villain, in my eyes, while I was watching it, was the the healthcare system. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think it communicated, besides relying on misogyny in the audience, to get (laughs) this, that Miss Ratched was the one calling these shots and actually pulling the strings to make things worse for the patients. I totally did not get that. Yeah. I can just imagine... In 1975, everyone yeah. feeling like, oh my God, the woman. Look what she did. No wonder everything's terrible. <laughs> Wait. Mm, please. Liana's first note Uh-oh. from the film One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest <laughs> is, why is Jack dressed like a 2022 Brooklyn beer monger? His hat. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, come on. Yeah. No, totally. It was every single man in Brooklyn in 2022. It's that beanie that's rolled, so it just kind of perches. Yeah. Like a cocoon. Cocoon. Perch. Bird. That's true. And he puts it back on at the end. Yeah. <laughs> just full circle. He dies. I guess he's not wearing it when he dies. No, because of the lobotomy. <laughs> <laughs> Is it time for your medication? We'll be right back after these ads. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 
Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle. And I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Ha ha, there are commercials. What is that? <laughs> this is what... <laughs> this, Sienna, is what I was laughing at on my couch earlier and you were like, what? And I was like, I can't tell you yet. <laughs> I watched this film on a platform called Tubi, and there were commercials during the film. This film is very dramatic. It is very intense. There are many disturbing sequences. And then, safe light repair, safe light replace. (laughs) Will you, can we do this as a little segment where you say something intense to me, and then I will respond with the commercial that played (laughs) just after? Um. You're not going to get any more of your medications. Credit karma. (laughs) (laughs) Billy, I'm going to have to tell your mom about this. You know I'm all about that blitz, about that blitz. (laughs) It's bingo. (laughs) I just want our cigarettes. Hi, I'm Megan Trainer. Have you tried bingo blitz? (laughs) (laughs) I thought I'd be able to get out of this joint. Hi, I'm Wolfgang Puck, and when I need to ship my foods, I use ShipSafe. <laughs> <laughs> ha, 
God, were there so many commercials? The cognitive dissonance. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst I watched this movie. And then bingo blitz. <laughs> Which I think might be a gambling app. <laughs> They have like a lot of group therapy sessions, yeah. which is one of the things that I found pleasant about this type of film. I was like, I wish all films were just kind of like people talking about their life. Okay. You know, um, in the group therapy, he was like, I hate my wife because men give her attention and that makes me angry. Yeah. I guess I just, <laughs> <laughs> this movie, somehow I just like, it didn't hit that deep. <laughs> I, I kind of took it in just sort of like, <laughs> oh my goodness. And I was deeply upset for all of it. I found it really disturbing the uh, the thing is is that when they were disturbing i was like why is this funny movie doing that interesting and i don't think that's why people like this movie either that it's like a silly romp (laughs) what which parts did you find silly um i mean danny devito's in it i love him i love danny devito yeah i'm gonna be happy when he's in anything Mm mm-hmm yeah, you know, they all pretend to be, like, doctors on the boat. It's kind of goofy. Yeah. They have, like, a Christmas party, and it's, like, mm-hmm. kind of goofy. Oh, you know what I laughed so hard at? Hmm. This is probably when it kind of turned around, where I was like, this is a comedy film. It was when he goes to lift the water fountain, or the hydrotherapy fountain thing. Yeah. So he tells everyone, he says, hey, I want to go watch the World Series. And to see this baseball game, mm-hmm. I'm going to lift up that water fountain, throw it out the window, and break out of here. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, there's no way you can do it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, here I go. And then he obviously can't. And there's nothing in the world funnier to me than somebody making a really big deal about something. And then when they do it, it fails both immediately and miserably. Huh. And to have him go over there and be like, (laughs) I laughed so much. (laughs) And do you think that was intentionally funny? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, I think it was. Wow. I think it was a bit silly. Like definitely it felt like there was some levity in the way that they decided to portray things in this film. I don't think it was supposed to do what it did to me, which is to tell me we are now in a comedy movie. Right. This is hot rod that you're watching. (laughs) This is a little romp. (laughs) Receive it as such. I had started Googling the movie during the movie again. Because <laughs> I was like, Billy is hot. Where, I where is he? knew it. Yeah. I knew it. I absolutely knew it. I'm embarrassed. All right, let's talk about Billy. <laughs> Billy, the one hot patient. And that is, that is what they want you That's to canon. think. That's <laughs> canon. That's canon. So hot, he's rewarded by getting boned. Yeah, he's hot, he's sweet, he's haunted, he wants to die. I mean, come on. With a stutter. Oh, and he's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. He briefly doesn't have a stutter right after he bones. <laughs> I'm so glad that you did think he was hot, because I was... He did do it for me. <laughs> what did seemed... you think of Billy? I thought, this seems like Liana's type. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I was like, what genre is this? Yeah. Because I knew... Ratchet on Netflix, the Ryan Murphy whatever, mm-hmm. was meant to be like spooky. Right. And like horror. Right. Ish. So I was like, is this, because I know that's the same character, is this supposed to be, am I supposed to be feeling spooked? It kind of, it feels like a really, I'm going to make a statement here that I have no knowledge about. Perfect. <sighs> it felt like a very 70s genre that I don't know if that I really think exists. That's true. Now the same way. I think the genre is everyone was ugly. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost. 
slice of life, perhaps. Ugh, not yeah. sure if that's right. Um, but it was just, it was like these little, just little moments, just little scenes. Very much vignettes. Yeah. I think you've really hit on something here about how this film, the weird genre that doesn't really make sense in mm-hmm. today, knowing though that stories that take place in institutions like this are often horror stories. Yeah. Just, you were just waiting the whole time for something bad to happen. Mm-hmm. And it kind of doesn't. Until the very, very end. Which when it, everything is terrible. For me, who saw this as a goofy little romp. Oh my gosh. Yeah, what was that like for you? Liana. Huh? This end fucked me Aww. up. Aww. I am dropping a full F-bomb. Yeah, baby. Which I usually only do on accident. A lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this ending was so effed up. This was my most shocked, most like I, I curled into a ball. Like, I was very upset after the ending of this film. I, I was like, no, 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 no. Okay, this is very funny because I feel like we had the opposite emotional <laughs> experience in this film where I, for the most of it, was saying all of those no's the whole time. And then by the end, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Because you're expecting that. Mm-hmm. That totally... Uh, uh, I, I envy that one moment of your experience for this because it was yeah. so shocking to me. So at the end, Jack Nicholson gets a lobotomy. <laughs> I'm so sorry for laughing. I no. do feel like the word lobotomy is used as a punchline often. Yeah, yeah. And it is a funny sounding word. Right. That is, I am acknowledging the procedure itself is horrific. The history of it is terrible. The usage of it should not occur. Those letters in that order sound funny. <laughs> It sounds like bottom. Le bottom. The French butt. <laughs> Le bottom. <laughs> Le bottom. <laughs> Le bottom. Oui. <laughs> Jack Nicholson gets lobotomy. Chief comes up, shakes him. Because mm-hmm. he's like, and oh God, okay, I might start crying. Chief comes up. Wow. And he's like, because I hate when a character's like, wake up. Oh, wake up. shoot. Chief comes up and is like, oh my God, hey. the Lion King must have fucked you up. Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't really, it's animated, whatever. Oh my God. Seeing a grown man be like, I'm so excited to leave this mental institution with my best friend. Huh. Oh, my best friend is now brain dead because he got a botched lobotomy. Uh-huh. Was so disturbing. Huh. So sad. And then he's like, all right, well, come with me and smothers him. Did you find the smothering sad? Here's, again, the thing is, like, I completely hated Jack Nicholson's character from minute seven of the film, so I did not care what happened to him. That feels like another very 70s thing. It's just like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Why am I supposed to think this guy is, like... This guy is the best? I get that in the 40s. I don't get it in the 70s. This weird sort of anti-hero vibe, but, like, this, like, social anti-hero, where you're just like, that guy sucks. Yeah. He's really bad. Like, he's a bad boy. He's a bad guy. He does, right. a, he does a bad job. Ugh. I really think when Danny DeVito waddled onto the screen, mm-hmm. I knew everything was going to be okay. And I didn't know it was Danny DeVito. <gasps> okay. Until I started Googling the movie towards the end. and was like, oh my God. And then I wrote in my notes, Sienna, did you know this was Danny DeVito? Uh, the fact that you could think that that person was anyone else. <laughs> it was the 70s. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's how everybody in Jesus Christ Superstar looked. <laughs> like Danny DeVito. The fact that Jack Nicholson was a big star tells you everything you know need to know about the 1970s. Yeah. Everything about his face is the things that skin products tell you you want <laughs> to not have. 
<laughs> He's got fine lines. Uh. Uneven skin tone. <laughs> he looks like a human, but apparently we figured out after that that's not what people want to look at. <laughs> also, the fact that Jack Nicholson managed to choke a woman in this film as well. <laughs> that's I forgot he did that in the other film. Yeah. I think that he does that in every movie. Oh my God. I remember asking my mom, like, wait, he's in that movie with like Helen Hunt or somebody where like he's supposed to the one where the line, you make me want to be a better man is from a Jack Nicholson movie. What? Yeah. I well, that makes sense because he sucks. <laughs> and that bar is low. <laughs> it's so crazy to imagine him in a rom-com because it's like, well, he definitely chokes a woman in that. Right? Absolutely. At what point in the rom-com does he choke, choke a woman? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, Sienna, what did you think of the two the other two women in the film. Oh, Rose and Candy. Okay. Wow, you don't remember the women's names? I don't remember anyone's name in this movie. (laughs) Candy and Rose. Uh, Two sex workers. Yeah. They didn't ever show more than side boob. (laughs) So, (laughs) feminist movie of the year. No! (laughs) Um, I I liked them. They they also didn't really do anything, so nothing really bad happened. And like... Candy seemed like I, I'd like to be friends with Candy. Um, weird that she banged Billy. <laughs> Seems like she did that because she wanted to. Mm-hmm. Unclear if that was the plan the whole time. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I guess I was fine with them. But that's also with me expecting the absolute worst hmm. and accepting this. I feel like we we <clears throat> ended up on opposite ends of the spectrum in our viewing of this movie where you like just put the feelings on the shelf and yeah. just experienced it. And I was like, you were in looking it. for issues and just seeing every issue that there was. And I, now I'm like, how have we watched other films on this list? Like, I don't I don't know well, normally what mindset I'm in. It's it's not your fault. It's because at the beginning they said one of the most horrific set of sentences i've ever heard okay that's true and you know what happened with this, me? it really fucked me up yeah it really ruined the entire Dude, film you know what it really fucked me up too and you know what the only difference hmm. i went and i watched uncharted in between <laughs> so you finished this movie later yeah you didn't watch it all in one go no this explains <laughs> everything <gasps> okay I, I did forget you to. have not suffered as i have <laughs> You had a Tom Holland family excursion in the middle of this nightmare experience. And that completely explains why you are not crawling to this recording today in the way that I was. Oh, I was really worried. And this has actually cured all of those worries oh, good, for me. Good, good, good. I was like, I think Sienna's really losing it. <laughs> so sorry. I'm so sorry. Cool, I cool, mean, cool, 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 yeah, cool, cool. great, 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 great. Oh, well, fantastic. Yes. <laughs> right, I forgot to mention that I hung out with Tom Holland for an hour and uh, a half. I win. I'm telling you, I can yank this water fountain <laughs> out of the ground. We'll be right back. <laughs> From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous (laughs) of your generation that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This movie sucked. <laughs> the whole experience of it. I'm so sorry. It was so bad. <laughs> okay, now it is time for Badges and Trages, in which we award the film a badge for the movie Uncharted, starring Tom Holland, <laughs> and a trage for the film One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, starring almost every single one of Liana's nightmares. I have a badge for this nice lawn. Oh. The lawn, I think, was well-groomed and nice, and I do love a nice lawn. I have a badge for women having power over men. Uh, Actually seeing, even in a horror context, women (laughs) be able to tell men to do things Mm -hmm. has not happened on this list. No. I don't even think they've had a teacher character once. They've had no authority, (laughs) particularly over a group of men. It was, it was very new Mm -hmm. Yeah, to see. I'm a badge for this guy who's always dancing. I don't think he had lines. The, the white hair is just always dancing. Yeah, he was a cutie. I loved him. <laughs> yeah. I have a badge for women forcing men to talk about their feelings. Mm. Again, it is literal force. <laughs> I get the point is that it is illegal. Yeah. But 
But Mm -hmm. in the context of this list, we have never, every woman who has tried to get a man to share his feelings has has been been killed, unsuccessful or killed. (laughs) Unsuccessful trending towards killed. (laughs) Somewhere between those. Unsuccessful at continuing to live. Oh, I have a badge for this guy stressedly singing to himself because he's been given too much responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) This is when um, Cheswick has to pilot the boat. (laughs) He just starts singing. He's like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) I do that all the time. Um, I have a badge for pacing. I like the pacing of this film. I like a slow movie where they don't talk that much. (laughs) I am sure that's also why I hated it, too. I was like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) My final badge is for Billy not being ashamed of having sex. (gasps) Yay! Unfortunately, he dies immediately after. But uh, he's like, no, I'm not ashamed. I boned. And I was like, I gotta gotta internalize that energy a little bit (laughs) more. Badge four, distinct characters slash first movie when I could tell the men apart. (laughs) (laughs) They were varying heights. Yes. And it really helped. A badge for filmed in the Pacific Northwest. (laughs) A badge for a leading role for a native actor that doesn't totally suck. (laughs) A badge for what I saw as a bunch of male actors acting goofy but gentle. Which again is like a problem, probably. Hmm. But... A group of male friends. This is the first group of male friends where I wasn't so stressed that they were going to hurt everybody. That is so funny. I know. I don't know why I felt that way when it was... Uh, I was petrified the whole time. Trages. Trages. Trage for racism the moment Jack Nicholson met Chief. Yeah. The instant. Yeah. Ugh. Trage for horrible and offensive phrases uttered. Mm-hmm. The... Movie begins and just some of the most horrible things that I would never want to hear. Mm-hmm. That nobody's supposed to hear. Mm-hmm. Trage for statutory rape and the phrase, she was 15 going on 35. His character in the movie is 38. So disgusting. And that actually will make me go to the trage. Why were there so many roles for this weird man, <laughs> aka Jack Nicholson? He's such a weird guy. He seems like. Not someone I'd want to hang out with. <laughs> it's like that one person who would be a frat guy, by the way, in college mm. who like everybody's like friends with or they'll talk about. It, and you're like, that person seems really unpleasant. Like, I don't like their vibe. Yeah. That is a vibe that makes me go, I'm going to go to another room. Yeah. But he's in everything. A room clearing vibe. Yes. And I don't like hate Jack Nicholson. I just I'm like, why was he so famous? I don't know. He's a weird guy. His mouth is open so much of the time. His neck is so red. I think it might be a condition. <laughs> if a trage for my wife makes me uneasy because men stare at her. Ugh. I have a trage for this pool time looks so gross. I also was like, now we have to watch them be in a pool. Something what? about that pool. I'm like, whatever temperature this pool is, is wrong. Not right. Too warm. One of the guys was lying down as it got shallower in a very gross way. Mm-hmm. They weren't using a gross. pool right. I ever tried for it. He keeps saying son of a bitches instead of sons of bitches. That's so annoying. He was attorney general saying it. He was calls to sacking it. Mm-hmm. I have a trage for oh, watching characters become scared is the most upsetting thing for me. Aww. Watching them realize that their demise is coming, that Aww. like something 
bad is about to happen. And that happened with Jack Nicholson specifically a few times since he's the one who we're following. Hmm. Like when he first gets electroshock therapy, oh, he realizes, oh, this is actually going to happen to me. I actually have oh. no control here. Also, I Googled it and you are supposed to be anesthetized for ECT. God damn. <laughs> Trash for calling a woman baby and telling her not to worry about it multiple times in one phone call. Oh, just let us worry and explain what's going on. Trage for this ending is effed up. <laughs> I was enjoying this <laughs> sweet little romp. <laughs> the ending was I, the only part that made sense to me. I was like, yeah. I was following this goofy time that I didn't really understand. I cannot believe. Hmm. Oh, I hated it. It was such uh, the ending. Oh. My final trage is I can't believe he forgot to escape. That is so dumb. Oh my God. I hated that. <laughs> I hated that. I can't believe I didn't write that down as a trash. It's so stupid. Just leave. You're telling me he made this whole plan and the reason <laughs> it was foiled is because he fell asleep? <laughs> oh, I did have a final trash, which is that I'm sorry, Liana, that we had different experiences of this film. Thank you. <laughs> trash for me. And even with Tubi, splitting it up. <laughs> okay, let's move on to Ugh. a segment called How to Pretend You've Seen This Film. Mm -hmm. This is for... You are at an event <laughs> called Bingo Blitz, where a bunch of hot singles get together and gamble. <laughs> uh -huh. And Randall comes up to you in a beer monger beanie, mm -hmm. and he says, Wow. <laughs> the lack of control I feel when I'm gambling really makes me think about the lack of control that a bunch of dudes had when they were under the authority of one woman mm. in the film, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah. I think I'd like to tell you about that film. And in order to stop Randall from throwing the sink at you metaphorically <laughs> and verbally, we're going to give you a few sentences you can say to pretend you've seen the film. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. I am going to do this in a way that is terrible for podcasting. Okay. I am just going to text you reaction images. <laughs> Okay, Liana has just sent me... Oh, I've just saved it downloads. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> A photo of her giving the most intense thumbs down. <laughs> her eyes are sad and angry and tired. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Randall... The way that Jack Nicholson treats his fellow patients is really cool. <laughs> okay, Liana has sent me... Wait. She sent me another photo, but is it the same photo? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this photo that she sent me is the same one as last time. But now I've opened it in photos as well as downloads, so it's in more places on my computer. <laughs> Randall... One thing I found really interesting in this film is how you can't really tell if Jack Nicholson's character is supposed to be there at all. If his, <laughs> if his mm. behaviors warrant him being institutionalized like this. Very ambiguous until he strangles somebody. <sighs> but he does that in most movies, so still ambiguous. <laughs> okay, Liana's sending me another photo. At this point, uh, to catch you up, Liana has sent me one photo of her doing a thumbs down and then another photo of the same thing, her doing a thumbs down. And here comes photo three. Okay, photo number three. 
I'm seeing an airdrop. <laughs> How do I explain photo? Th- I have airdropped Sienna a photo of Dan Patrick. <laughs> The patron saint of our podcast and a perfect pivot away from talking about a film at any man. Just bring up Dan Patrick. That is a great idea. (laughs) We'll show them this specific photo. (laughs) Sweet Dan. Oh, Randall. That nurse ratchet was such a big meanie. And it made me feel mad. (laughs) (laughs) And now I understand mental health. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. This is the movie that did it. One mean woman created mental illness. (laughs) I get it, Randall. And I won! Oh my gosh! Now I get to marry Megan Trainer. Oh my god, and speaking of marrying Megan Trainer, we're moving right along to our segment. Should you watch this? Mm, Or should you play Bingo Blitz? (laughs) (laughs) Or should you download Bingo Bingo Blitz? Blitz. It's all about that blitz. In which we tell you if we think you should watch this movie or for the love of Christ, do something else with your time. Liana, what would you do? Gosh, what do we think the answer is going to (laughs) be? Don't watch this fucking movie. If you have any of the conditions that I do, which include anxiety, depression, fear of men, (laughs) a passivity about the Pacific Northwest. (laughs) Yeah, that would be tough. And an extreme dislike of the 1970s. <laughs> this is not the movie for It him. was not for me at all. Except for Billy, who was in a production of Ragtime, the film version. <gasps> oh. I googled it. He played younger brother. He looked very hot in the gifts that I found on the internet. That's what you can do. You can Google Billy from this movie, but in Ragtime, the like 1980 version, playing younger brother. He's got stubble oh. and his blue eyes. Beautiful. Lovely. Yeah. I'm going to say... You, no, you don't need to watch this movie. I, mm. I, it didn't ruin my day. Mm-hmm. And I feel guilty about that now. No, no, that's no. It didn't ruin my day, though. It sounds like it can be a day ruiner. Yes. But I, you know, you don't have to watch this. I turned it off for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I think I survived watching it because I didn't care about it at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what you can watch instead, if you do like the 70s, if you want to see people at their sweaty, hairy best, but also very buff, you can watch a film that will be relevant because it will be lent by the time this episode comes out. Every which time is, I look at you, I don't understand. I don't know if you know that this is in like my top three favorite movies. Why you let the things you do get so out of hand. Watch Jesus Christ Superstar, one of the best films ever created. It's a musical, and not just a musical, a musical where people are running around on hills in the sun. How had it planned. And... There's lots of men who are friends in a group. (laughs) Also known as disciples? Yeah. (laughs) You know, Jesus flies over (laughs) when he resurrected. Oh, okay. Who's like the nurse ratchet? I guess it's Pontius Pilate. Yeah, I guess so. The Romans? I don't know. I guess so. It's not Mary Magdalene, the one woman in that film. Though a lot of people don't like her either. Yeah. Yeah, I guess nurse ratchet is God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's ambiguous yeah. if he's if he's good or bad. Good or bad. Yeah, okay. Yeah. If he's making things better or worse for people. <laughs> All right, everybody. Wow. Uh, Liana, how would you rate this movie? Oh my god. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Zero uh <laughs> This film is getting the proper number anyone should get. 
<laughs> zero lobotomies out of five. That's just activism. That's <laughs> medical fact. That's what that is. You can't get mad because that's true. <gasps> oh, um, how about you, Sienna? I, I guess I'll be honest. Yeah, I wrote down three point two. <laughs> I knew it was going to be in the threes. <laughs> 3.2 out of 5, <laughs> Danny DeVito's. Well, Danny DeVito being in this movie bumped it up like, I immediately was already in the twos. Wow. <laughs> I love him. You've I got also, a lot of fealty towards Danny. I trust the projects he's in, <laughs> though mostly that's, Matilda's the only one I know. Oh. Um, I would give it 3.2, Danny DeVito's out of 5. <laughs> and that's because if you're not really taken in the movie, <laughs> then... Comedy Gold is trying to rip a water fountain out of the ground. And then, very exciting, when Chief successfully rips a water fountain out of the ground. That was beautiful. Amazing ending. But followed by the worst ending ever, which was so effed up. And I I hated that ending. Uh, Yeah, I thought it was kind of low-key pleasant. (laughs) That is electro-shocking to me. (laughs) I cannot believe that. (laughs) Well, everybody... Thank you so much for listening oh to us. Oh my god. This Thanks has for been... flying over this episode. <laughs> this, has been, this, this episode has been interesting. <laughs> it is interesting. <laughs> Thank you for joining this interesting oh. episode on One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. You can find us on social media. That's right. Where take, keep an eye out for that selfie. It's it's a doozy. Yeah. We are <laughs> at Toss Popcorn on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, anywhere you want to find us. We post memes every saturday mm-hmm. check those out you can now get merch at the link in our bio on instagram yep go baby. find our merch tons of fun stuff there much more fun than watching this film yes <sighs> and, and join us next week when we will be watching snow white and the seven dwarfs ah! <laughs> Oh, I'm so pleased to see this extreme shift. God has come down and has said, sorry about Apocalypse Nurse Now. Nurse Ratched has descended. <laughs> sorry about Apocalypse Now. And sorry about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's That's Nest. That's on me. As well. I thought I was That's throwing you a bone with that bad. one. I forgot about all of your things. All of your triggers. <laughs> In almost all of them. Take this animated one. Oh, yay. Oh, thank you everyone so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Stay sane. Stay cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. We love you. Bye. Bye. You can find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app. Did you ever think that it was part of the movie? Like, did it ever go to like the a kitchen? The first time it was people in a car like singing, I was like, whoa. <laughs> but then everybody was too clean and attractive. And I was like, this is not the 70s. Ooh, very good little sentence. (laughs) From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 